Hey folks, welcome to the Mountain and Marsh Podcast, an outdoor-driven podcast where we also go in on and talk shit about pretty much anything. Hope you enjoy. Also, if you enjoy this custom music, this was produced by Stephen Mathias Music. Find Steve on his website, www.stephenmathiasmusic.com. Hey guys, Mike here. On this episode of Mountain and Marsh, I talk with Jay Thomas from Blind Grass Camo Systems. Jay uh, has a really cool company that makes a synthetic blind grass uh, for all different needs, all different colors, and uh, different systems. If you run a panel blind, a sit-in-place blind, a pit blind, a boat blind, a kayak blind, whatever... This stuff will work for you. He has something for everybody. Uh, we talk about blinds, and then we go in about Louisiana duck hunting and Louisiana speckle belly goose hunting. Uh, it's really cool. Talk a little bit about gators and uh, duck hunting. So hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. This podcast is brought to you by Ward Business Group, Central Maryland's premier construction management and general contracting company. They are licensed and insured and provide a full range of services and products. Their services include, but are not limited to, lawn and landscape, excavation and land clearing, welding and custom fabrication, and snow removal. They also have products for sale, such as sand, stone, mulch, and firewood. Ward Business Group serves Central Maryland and the surrounding areas. Ward Business Group is an affiliate of Invisible Fence brand of Carroll County and Invisible Fence brand of Delmarva. Check them out on Facebook via their website, or you can contact Justin Ward with any inquiries at 410-984-4020. All right, guys, I'm here with Jay Thomas with uh, Blind Grass and Jay, why don't you introduce yourself, kind of tell people who you are, where you're from, and uh, the company you, you own and run. Uh, Jay Thomas with Blind Grass Camouflage Systems, Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, been in bed, we're going on our uh, fourth year, I believe. And uh, so just to start off, sometimes I like to do this, uh, kind of let people know who you are. But how did you, being you're from Louisiana, I'm sure I kind of partially know the deal, but how did you get your start in the outdoors, uh, hunting and fishing and things like that? Uh, you know, in Louisiana, you pretty much got to, you know, when you're growing up, you know, at least back when I was growing up. Um, and, but, you know, my dad was a big, he was, you know, big quail hunter, duck hunter. Um, you know, didn't much deer hunt that much, a little bit, but uh, mostly duck and quail. Uh, fishing and you know we just kind of you know we a lot of times we kind of live off the land down here 
on what we do and, you know, what we eat. And, uh, we pretty much catch and cook, catch and cook anything. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, it seems like everyone, everyone uh, from the Louisiana area, loves to uh, cook, eat, and hunt. And that, yeah, it's all. I think you guys put everything on a cracker too. That's what the guy says on Facebook, at least. <laughs> yeah, we can do that too. Um, all right, so we'll jump into the the company itself, and you know, what is blind grass for anybody listening? What is it, and uh, how is it used? It's a, uh, it's a synthetic grass, uh, look like grass for, uh, you know, duck blinds, turkey blinds, deer, deer blinds, uh, waterfowl, photograph blinds, whatever, anything concealment. Um, it's a synthetic resin that we came out with and it, you know, we were trying to get something, uh, I guess it was more out of necessity and laziness. Um. I mean, years ago, I hunted Pecan Island, and I was, well, let's see, I, every time I do one of these, I act like everybody I'm talking to is, like, within five miles of me and knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, it's one, it's in the marsh, it's down the coast here in the marsh. So we're hunting the marsh, and, you know, you get off work at, at five or four o'clock Friday afternoon or whatever. By the time you get to camp, it's dark down there, and you don't know what, what kind of shape your blind's been through. I mean, if you've had 30-mile winds come through, or a big rainstorm or something, you know, we, we, uh, we, in the marsh there, we brush a lot with rose oak, um, which I don't know if y'all got those there. It's, um, up north, I know, I didn't know they had them up north. They had, they call them fragmites or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hunt the Chesapeake Bay and like 90% of the, and like Chincoteague area, um, we're going to hunt that a little bit this year in Virginia and like 90% of the shorelines and, is all frag, which is, that's what we call frag maze or, or frag. Yeah. See, I, I never knew that. I thought it was, just, it was a Louisiana deal that was, you know, you know, a coastal deal in the marsh here. I didn't know it was all over the country, uh, which I've learned a lot. About this uh, but anyway, as you know, cutting that stuff is hazardous. Um, you know, slices up your boots or you, you hit one with a machete and then you come down on your forearm on one, a piece that's already been, that you already hit. And then if you ever get a, if we ever get a freeze down here, the rosos, it's nothing but sticks up because all the leaves fall off when it freezes or, you know, it dies and the wind, it gets it. So, right. um, yeah. so we'd go and I, and we try to, you know, go, you know, maybe, uh, set up on a different turnoff or something to hunt and we wouldn't have any brush. But we tried those grass mats on some of them and, you know, that stuff is, uh, those, was palm mats and they it's all the same color you know it didn't look good um you know just kind of shiny in one color doesn't blend in and uh and by the time it starts mildewing and looking right they started disintegrating so you know i looked at different stuff i'd go to hobby lobby and places like that you know plastic plants you know what can and good lord that stuff was expensive as hell and yeah i've, well, I've done the exact way. same thing i I I literally did it like three months ago. I went to Hobby Lobby and looked at it, and I was like, "This isn't even worth it." To be honest, no, no, it, no way. So, uh, but then you know, that like Hurricane Rita came through, kind of blew the camp away. Um, and I kind of where I really I love speculative hunting. So I 
I started hunting more rice fields and hunt pit blinds there. And it's just, uh, every time you hunt a pit blind, you got to rebrush it that afternoon pretty much. Um, just cause the dogs running around making trails around the blind and the spec bellies have such great eyesight. You, you got to be so careful with them. It's not like hunting them up north like in Arkansas where they can just, by the time they get here, they're educated. So, um, I just got tired of digging salt grass. The salt grass is a grass we have around here that's in the marsh and it, it's a good hardy grass. It comes in clumps, but it'll poke every orifice you got when you're in the blind. Your eyes, ears, nose. In fact, I know two people that went to the hospital, one with the ear and one with the, uh, eardrum busted and one with the eyeball poke from that freaking salt grass. Yeah, we got some of that up here too. So it's, um, I just started experimenting with different stuff. And then we found this, uh, this resin that we could use and make it like a, a grass, look, make it look like, you know, like blades of grass. And then I think it's five years ago, I got the first samples in and I started hand painting them and trying different stuff. And, and we still got, I still use that first bonus we got five years ago um i've been out in the back of my truck most of the time in the sunshine um that's the thing about this is uh it won't rot won't mildew uh won't get wet this was one thing i did not plan on uh, i was i was lucky very lucky uh, after we started selling it uh, some people up north which i didn't i wasn't planning on this for boat blocks and i didn't realize how many people have boat lines in this country but there's a book who people have both lines more yeah. than any other type of line. Yeah, actually, I was going to tell you with the frag, like around Chesapeake Bay, um, you're actually not allowed to touch it. Like you can get inside of it, but if, if you break it, it's illegal. So a lot of guys, like including us, hunt from uh, from John boats and with, with boat blinds because it isn't like you can like get inside the frag and bust it up and make like a little blind or whatever. You're not allowed to touch it. And it's so dense without busting it up. You can't really hunt in it. So it's like, oh, really? yeah. So a lot of guys, plus it's deep water. Um, a lot of guys are crossing some pretty deep channels. So a lot of guys will just have, you know, war eagles and such and go out across the bay and set up you know, in a boat blind. That's what we do uh, with like, matting over top of like military netting um yeah here there's you can cut it but you can't transport it because some kind of little bug some kind of scale bug they got that is eating the rose and they don't want to transport it because it it saves our marsh you know it's from the marsh is what saves us from hurricanes here and so they're trying to keep as much rose as they can um so you can't transport it but so you, that, uh, it's it's like a it's like a weatherproof material. This stuff that you guys made is is like what like is it waterproof in terms of if you had it laid up against a blind, and the wind was cutting, it would it wouldn't get to you, or how does that work? Um, I mean, it would block the wind. I mean, it's going to come, you know, in between the grass, in between the blades, the wind will get through. Right, but right. It will. Uh, it'll block it. Yeah, it, it is waterproof. Like I said, I didn't. I wasn't planning on that. That was just a lucky byproduct. Um, and I didn't realize until the, the benefits of that until uh, once we started selling these, like some boat blind guys 
from up north that had bought it started calling me and saying, man, this stuff's incredible because it doesn't get wet. So we were running these boat blinds and we're running this other type of grass mats and stuff. And all of a sudden it's raining or sleeting and we got 400 extra pounds on our boat and then it freezes and it breaks or it freezes and we got a bunch more weight on our boat. Yeah. And yep. that's just a lucky <laughs> byproduct that I, I wasn't even planning on. Yeah, we, we actually had burlap just to cover the motor up and switch that to netting, like a, a plastic netting, because it just gets so tiresome trying to cover up a boat with soaking wet burlap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. Yeah, so you guys make kind of a um, a plethora of, of styles. When I went on your website, I was kind of blown away at how much was there could you kind of explain a little bit the people listening what you guys have to offer and the and the differences in between yeah we got um we have three different colors uh we have fall blend which is a little darker with with some light colors it's got three different colors in the in the blend and on the strands and they um people really like that for the marsh around hunting cattails after they've turned, uh, after they died, cattails or rosos or the phragmites, um, that's all over the country. They really, from, you know, from California to Michigan to the East Coast, people really like that color for the marsh. Uh, then we have a rice, what we call rice slash corn slash Johnson grass color, which is the color like of dead grass. It's a lighter color, uh, more of a cream color, and uh, we put a little dark mildew colors in it. And then we have a, uh, um, then we have a, a winter green color, which is two two different colors, two shades of green, and that's for people to hunt ryegrass or uh, wheat fields or teal season, or sometimes you know people out here got levees they stay they stay green all year round. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I I got a place that I'm gonna be hunting some woodline this year, and uh, I'm kind of torn because I'm gonna I want to get the bundles for the uh, for the marsh, but I'm also like, man, I need to make another blanket, just you know, that's green, just to go against the woods in. Yeah, um, yeah, because I don't know down here, you know, everything's always you got a little green and something all the time, and I'm. A lot of people take, you know, sometimes we'll take three different, three different colors and mix them together. And right. we have uh, two different size mats. Um, we have a two feet wide by four feet tall. And those are sewn, uh, it's there's all our mats are sewn with a, uh, a rubber coated zinc wire. So it doesn't run. The reason we make them two feet wide is because you can't cut the wire. You can't cut them and make them small. We wanted to make them small because somebody just has a small area to cover. They don't have to buy a larger mat to cover that up. Uh, but they do have uh, – those mats have extra wire on all four points, so you can connect them together if you want to, if you make a longer mat. And then we have uh, the mats that are uh, two feet wide and about 33 inches tall, and they are just sewn on one, uh, one end for people that want to, uh, like, weave the loose loose grass into into wire or something like that and then probably our most popular now is the bundle grass which is is just loose grass loose strands of 48 inch tall 48 inch long strands 
the strands are about uh, about three eighths to a half inch wide, and um, people just bundle them together. Uh, you can fold them, make bundles, um, zip tie them to a boat or a different type of blind. Use them lengthwise. They're just it's pretty versatile the way you can use them. And we have that the bundle grass in all three different colors. I like the idea of the bundle grass. I, I know I had sent you a message about my kayak, and I'm like, hey man, what? I need to do something with this thing. What would be what would be good? And I know you sent me something over, and that guy's the guy's kayak you sent me looked like. I mean, if you tuck it up in some frag, I wouldn't be able to see. I mean, if you want to hide from DNR, you you use that shit because that's that stuff's <laughs> perfect. And uh, so I I think that's that's the way I'm gonna go for my kayak. I I think those. The bundles. I actually had someone else tell me about it on a on a forum that I looked at uh, on Facebook, and I had somebody after I'd already talked to you, I had someone else comment on a picture of my kayak and said, "Hey man, go get blind grass bundles for it." <laughs> yeah, it's um, there, there's been several people that have used that for the kayak, and um, I really like the bundle grass. I mean, it's, there's some guys that sent us pictures, uh, but with the mats and the bundle grass, we, we get a lot of pictures from customers, and, man, it's just like, you can't hardly see the boat. You know, people, if I didn't know what it was, you know, the naked eye, you can't tell where the boat is. Yeah, I, I think, the like, a material, that's, that's the exact reason that I was so hard up to put natural grasses on my, on this kayak, or, like, on boats, because it's it's so very hard to maintain them. Normally, if I put it's just like my layout blind for field hunting. If if I stuff a bunch of corn fodder and I get raffia grass, and it's a cold icy hunt, maybe the next hunt half that stuff snapped in half. So I I needed to really hone in and find something that I wasn't going to have to worry about all the time. I'm a busy person. I don't have time to rebrush my my blind every hunt i go on so yeah yeah so and that's another deal, okay. I was, um we you know hunting these rice fields for geese and ducks you know we hunt and then you don't feel like right after the hunt you don't want to go cut brush you know go back to camp and do something and we would go uh you know have to go back to the afternoon to do it well yeah, so tell me how many birds were bumping in the afternoon out the field that could be just resting there and you know they may not come back so it's got a lot of advantages you know not having to brush your blind all the time is a big one to me yeah yeah and i i i know that everybody says you know you got to put the time in to to make it happen but it's hard to especially if you have a lot of like if you have a few standalone blinds and like a pit blind and then a, a boat or whatever it's hard to keep up layout blinds. It's hard to keep up and maintain everything if you're having to do it all the time. And then what's going to happen is you probably end up having a uh, a few hunts that are just kind of busted because you 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 lackluster. You kind of half-assed it, and, and I don't know how else to put it. But that's kind of how you might have did it if you know uh, you you didn't get to brush everything, and then you have a busted hunt. Because the birds can see you or something, and and then you're irritated, and then you got to brush it anyway. So, I think the product that you have kind of kills a few birds with one stone, really. 
Yeah, it it does, and that it, um, and like I said, I didn't know how many people would hunt boat lines, but that's just I've heard so many problems that people have. You know, I'd never really heard of rapier brew, knew what that many people use rapier brass, and uh, but you know, I had well, the one people have called me about it said you know they don't they hadn't had good experiences with it. Um, and they say with this, you know, they can, they can run 75 miles down the highway for 200 miles and not have any problem. You know, not a broken strand, not a frayed strand, not losing any grass. Um, so it's been, you know, kind of gotten lucky on some, some deals like that. Like, like I didn't do, I didn't do great market research, obviously on this because I didn't know all the boat lines. Um, I just know what I want. Um, I figured if I came out with what I wanted, you know, maybe some people would buy it. And then, uh, I, you know, I did kind of look up to see if anything else was synthetic and couldn't really find anything, you know, any other grass products that were synthetic, which really kind of surprised me that somebody hadn't done that before. Um, I know there was some, one of the companies that they have rapid grass, they say synthetic, but it's really not. It's really, you know, natural that's done for palm leaves. But, um, you know, just got lucky with some things. Because like I said, I didn't do a whole lot of market research on it. Um, just figured, you know, you once people find out about it, like you just just hunting pit blinds, they start using it, and it just kind of went on there from pit blinds to boat blinds to panel blinds, and everybody's kind of got a nightmare of brushing all these different types of blinds, keeping them brushed. Yeah, I I didn't even I forgot about panel blinds, but every time we use a panel blind, it's a it's a whole ordeal to get there an extra half hour early so I can try to find things to shove in a panel blind. That's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Cause I've heard of God services, you know, or other places they you know they could get there two hours before just to brush all their panel blinds. Yeah, you know, that, that that's that's a little crazy. Yeah, that's a little crazy to try to run a business and and have to you know wake up that much earlier just to run your business. But um, yeah. yeah, my sleep depends to me. You know, my time is valuable. There's other ways I can spend doing stuff. You know, there's, there's too much beer to be drinking at the camp instead of out cutting brush. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's exactly right. <laughs> um, so kind of where do you, where do you see the, the future of the company going? Like, do you think this thing's growing at a rate that, you could you're going to end up having more products or more colors or anything in, in that nature. Yeah, I mean we, you know, we got some people asking about some other stuff. You know, one thing about colors, if if one of these three colors doesn't do it for you right now, you can hit it with some paint. I mean, I've got some in five years that I've hit with paint that is still on there because um, it holds up to you know paint really well. Um. The problem we're going to have, as far as the company goes, is this stuff is going to last too long. Um, <laughs> uh, that's the main it, 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 Maytag learned that too, and now the refrigerators only last two years. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, it's going to because we got people that have had it left it outside for three years on in the marsh line, and they said so they go back and it's the same as when they first put it on. Um, and that's, you know, in a harsh Louisiana summer. Um, so that's, 
but that's a good thing for the consumer. Like when I first started, I, I would send it off. I would send samples out to the big, the big, the big company, the big box store company, and you know they would say like, "Problem with it? It doesn't disintegrate after a year, like the other stuff." You know, in other words, we don't need to sell more year after year after year. The same people. Right. Yeah. Uh, like Ca- Cabela's and all sells the big, you know, the boxes of raffia grass and stuff. And that stuff breaks down. It gets brittle after a hard season. And then they just sell the same sucker, the same box of stuff the next year. And it's like a yeah. never ending story. Yeah. And, but we've, um, the, the repeat customers that we've had have been, it's been incredible. I mean, it's like people, it's like they get addicted to brushing their boat and they want it to look so much better. And now that they got this stuff, they can look better, but they just keep adding to it to where, you know, it just, some of the, some of these boats just look incredible. You can't, I mean, it's, I tell them, you know, you'd be very careful. You have a nutrient rack crawl up in there with you or an alligator because it looks that real. Yeah, I forgot uh, you guys have gators down there. Um, that that is one thing I'm glad we don't have around here for duck season. <laughs> yeah, that's it's not something you want to have around during duck because our last year um, it never really got most of the time it didn't get cold enough for them to go you know, them to get off. Um, opening weekend. Let's see. So the second weekend of duck season. In November, like November twentieth, we were coming back. I hunted the marsh with some guys, and we left their blind, going back to their boathouse. And on that five-minute ride, I counted—I can't remember now—it was between ten and twelve gators, just in that short ride. I got a buddy that that comes down to Louisiana, and, and he was talking about the gators and all, and stay, staying on boats when you go out and get your duck, because like. Well, we may hunt out of a boat blind, but be in three feet of water, and I can get out in my waders and chase diver ducks around and shit. But you know, I guess down there, there's sharks around, but they're you know they're they're just sandbar sharks and stuff. But like, I guess down there, you guys are in that in three feet of water. You got to worry about a gator. Oh yeah, um, and I, I think some of these gators have got trained to the sound of a shotgun. I really do that. They hear, especially like during teal season, they hear that shotgun go off, they come because that's a free meal. And they'll, you know, a lot of you lose a lot of teal and ducks during duck season, the gators, when you can't hunt your dog. So do you, you use a dog? Now that we've transitioned into it, I, I did want to ask you a few things anyway. Do you uh, do you utilize a dog in late season when the when the gators are dormant? Yeah, I mean, normally, you know, late November or in November and stuff, we've had a couple of cold fronts. Last year, we never got them, you know, where it gets, you know, down in the 40s. Um, last year, we just never really got them till late. Um, but, yeah, once once they get docile, um, yeah, we use dogs. Um, and, you know, in rice fields, yeah, you, you're pretty much safe using dogs, but... You know, any and any time in the marsh, you just got to keep your eye out. You know, just um, there was a guy, I think, in January last year here that he sent his dog and the gator got it. Bam, bit his ass, didn't get him all the way. He got a shot on the gator, but 
uh, and he let the dog go, but it, it scarred the dog up pretty good. And I, I think that was January, which is late, late, late for Gators to bet. I I want to say that somebody up here had a shark attack their their dog last year. And I don't I don't I don't I don't want to say that for certain. I don't, but I swear around here we had we had I I think I remember hearing a story of a a, a dog being it might have just been on the east coast somewhere maybe maybe in the Carolinas because the Carolinas are are pretty harsh with uh with sharks but. I, there was somebody whose dog got bit over here on on the East Coast by a shark last year. I'm, I remember a certain of it, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. I mean, you guys losing ducks and all the gators to it. I I think I saw that on a on a YouTube series uh, called uh, Duck Camp or something, and it it was like uh, sh- that Chef Jean Paul, what, whatever the hell, works with meat eater. But I remember him having gators on there eating ducks and. Just something you don't think about up here, and then you hear about it. It's like, oh man, could you imagine being in the water with with alligators roaming around? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, as far as people, we don't really think about it. We we just got to really protect our dogs. Um, though during Hurricane Otto, there was an older man that got killed by a gator during that hurricane, but uh, the floodwaters came up and. He went downstairs and uh, his wife came. He heard heard something. He went downstairs and uh, gator, big big ass gator had him. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Ooh. So yeah, he didn't come back down there. You were talking about you like to hunt specks. We we don't necessarily have specks here. The population must be growing because uh, I've seen some shot in our areas over the years. And last year there were apparently more around than before. But uh, other than speckle bellies, what are you mainly hunting for down there? When you go out, what species, like, is it mallards or, or what are you mainly hunting for? Specks and what? Um, specks and then whatever else comes in. Um, you know, we, we shoot a lot of teal. And teal, we have, we have a phenomenal teal season, usually. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll shoot in the hundreds during teal season and it's we hunt rice fields and it's you know you know we'll have five limits you know four or five limits within 30 minutes opening day opening weekend um and then we we don't we don't shoot near as many mallards as we used to here um and then you know we get days you know we get one pintail limit but usually, and some days is all we get. You know, you, mean, you could shoot thirty. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I hear you there. I, I think sometimes up up around the eastern shore over here, you'll get odd days like that where you get into ducks that you can only shoot one of. Yeah, it's um, it's it's kind of crazy. Like you know, one time last year we got we we were hunting in the afternoon. We had a friend of mine in it. it was, just we we're unloaded on pintail. We just covered. <laughs> we had our one apiece, and that's all we could do. Hey, you're better man than me. Um, <laughs> we're we're being recorded right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so down there, um, when you guys are hunting for ma- or hunting for ducks, you're not seeing as many mallards now. Uh, 
What do you think? What, what do you think that comes from? I've heard a lot of people have different opinions on duck populations. Um, so what? I mean, what do you think is the reason that the mallards aren't there like they used to be? Uh, well, we have a lot of a lot of differences. There's a lot of stuff working against us. Um, just to the south here, where we hunt, is a, a huge ass refuge, like seventy thousand acres. Um, it used to be Amico, which turned into BP, and it was all marsh and right. It just and they kept it, you know, under a foot deep, which is what ducks want, puddle ducks want, and, and geese. Uh, it was just pristine marsh, um, and then they they gave it to the state, which you know it went to shit pretty quick after that. Uh, the water got too deep, didn't take care of the levees. The water got too deep. Uh, ducks and geese don't want to stay in that. You know the puddle ducks don't. Um, so we're not getting them that many ducks and geese that used to winter there that do that anymore. Another thing is crawfish farmers here. Um, we, everybody loves crawfish. I love crawfish, but every, every rice farmer gets crawfish in them. And what that does, it also makes the water too deep. We always, in our rice fields for our ducks and geese, we try to keep the water about four inches deep. Um, for crawfish, they want it, for the traps, they want it to be over a foot deep. And, and then they run in crawfish boats through their checking traps every day. So that pushes all the birds out. They um, they keep because the ducks and geese eat the uh, the rice, the food. They say they to, to grow crawfish, you got to have cover, which is they use the rice. That gives crawfish cover, and it makes uh, invertebrates that, that the crawfish eat come around that little rice stalk. Well, the ducks and geese eat the rice stalk, so the farmers don't want that. The geese will eat the little crawfish. Farmers don't want that. So they'll go out and they'll uh, they'll put cannons around their fields, which propane cannons. They run off propane bottles. And like they said, it's like every 15 seconds or so. And it's not like a young war out there. Like open day of dove season. Boom, 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 all around the field to keep the ducks in. And it may be 300 yards from your blind. You're on another field. And you try to get specs to come into that. Um, I mean, a friend of mine, he's a, one of the guides here, and he was uh, his farmer. He paid $10,000 for a blind, and he'd be taking customers the next day, and the farmer would go shoot shoot a gun over the geese in his field to get them up and move them. You know, it's just a lot of things working against you right here, right now. I thought you were going to tell me it was those assholes in Arkansas, but all right, never mind. <laughs> well, it is a different deal in Arkansas. I mean, I don't know how it is, but they'll they'll set up a goddamn panel blind, put twelve guys in it in a plowed field, a panel blind that's six five six feet once they brush it five six feet out the ground. Where they'll put four or five of them together, put twelve guys in there, and they'll shoot limited specs within an hour. That thing, they would, a speck wouldn't come within two, five hundred yards of that here in Louisiana. And we got to be in a pit line covered up with four coon asses that have been blowing up, sitting in the ground, have been blowing up speck halters. They're four years old for us to kill our speck. It's incredible. 
What makes you enjoy speckle belly hunting so much in comparison to other things? Ah, man, it's just when those specks turn, when you hit the call, and because speckle belly is one thing that you can call. Um, and we don't get Canada's around here, so I don't really know about those. You know, ducks, you know, you call sometimes, sometimes you can't. You can't really tell. Um, I mean, it's great when you hit a mallard and you what they call and they curl up and, and slip on in. But it's back of belly, that's, that's one bird you can really call. And some days you can't, you know, no matter what. But, and when they call, like, um, like my daughter loves to hunt. And, uh, and I don't, we're talking about, cause I don't really, I don't cuss around her, though she's grown now, and nor her around me really. But my friends in the duck line, they don't, they just, they don't act like, you know, she's just one of the teammates for her. Like, she's an offensive tackle or wide receiver. They cussed up a storm around her. Doesn't matter to them. <laughs> but a couple years ago, I hit the call. It was the funny because I hit the call and she kind of looked, you know how you look up through your hat, which your eyes don't move your head, but your eyes just move up? Yeah. And she goes, they're fucking locked up. <laughs> just like that. Yeah, Canada geese do the do the same thing. You can call like big Canadas around here. You can call them in, and, and sometimes you'll be calling, and they don't want nothing to do with you. And all of a sudden, you'll cut a spit note or something, and they'll just phew, and turn right around. And it, I I get what you mean. It is a really good feeling when you know when that happens. I get it. Yeah, and because we. Around here, there's a it's a tight knit group of you know speckle hunters that hunt around the Gaydon area, and it's you know most of the guys, you know, the good hunter. You know, we don't sky bust on the specs. You know, snow geese, yeah, you know there's so many of them. You can't, you can't, you, they know everything anyway. But you know, there's a lot of us. You know, we won't shoot, and we got two of us hunting, and we get. 50 specs within 30 yards, we're not, we're not shooting because we're not going to mess up a group of specs that big and educate the whole bunch. Um, but it's just a different bird. I mean, I love, I love to eat them. Um, love watching those big things fall. Love watching them cup and just come in, you know, and sometimes you, you get them deal with within 10 yards. They're one of the geese, or they're one of the waterfowl necessarily, that around here we don't have. So it's one of the most sought after ones around here. Whereas, like out in, out in the Midwest and then down toward you guys, you guys have bunches of specks. Do you have snow geese there? Oh, we got a ton of snow geese. Yeah, I say we we have a bunch of snow geese too. That though, I don't know about exactly about specks, but I know. A lot of guys around here love to snow goose hunt. I'm not huge into it because I'm kind of distant. I have to to travel a couple hours to go do it if I want to go do it. But there's guys about an hour from me who are just die hard, a thousand decoys at a time, just lose their minds over it. And uh, it seems like Speckle Belly has a pretty tight following the same way. Yeah, I mean, it's... Here, we uh, most of the time snow geese are kind of a byproduct of shooting speckle bellies. Um, 
we don't gear up for them that much. But you know, I love I love getting after. But uh, during during spec season, we don't gear up just to go shoot. You just just to get snows. Do you? Uh, I mean, when when you're cooking these things, eating these things, is this a is this a good bird to eat? Like a speckle belly? I've never had it. Oh, speckle belly is excellent. Yeah, it's they are. It's a great, great bird. I mean, it's uh, it's one of the best. It's you know, besides uh, sandhill crane, it's one of the best. Well, sandhill's another one that we don't have around here, and I've always heard them called ribeye of the sky, but I. I know, like canvas backs, are a big deal around here. People people like eating canvas backs, um, and then your normal puddle ducks like mallards and uh, Canada geese. They're good. I th- I think they're a little bit overrated, but people really seem to gravitate toward those as well. When you cook a speckle belly, is there a certain way you do it, or do you utilize the meat in any way? Um. There's some ways. They're, they're excellent smoked. They're excellent pot roasted. Um, but you know, it's a it's a big bird, so it's hard to have a lot in your freezer. So a lot of times, I'll uh, um, I'll breast them. You know, just take the feet later breast, yeah. but also take the legs too, because there's a lot of meat on those legs. So I'll make a a speckabelly gumbo. This a speckabelly gumbo is like my family. They don't want, after we started making speckle belly gumbo, they don't want a seafood gumbo. They don't want a chicken gumbo. All they want is a speckle belly gumbo. It's so it's such a deep, dark uh, flavor. It's, it's just none of the like. Yeah, that's that's kind of the can. I think that, I think they must have like a Canada vibe a little bit because that's kind of how Canada geese are. Um, I don't I don't want to use I don't use the term in a negative way, but like potent, like they they have their own flavor and it and it's a it's a deep rich flavor and i think i think that must be kind of what like speckle bellies are um but yeah that's that's really cool um is there anywhere else that you go to hunt or you just kind of stay in your area well it's been so busy the last couple of years i mean i get invited on a good many hunts but i just hadn't been able to to get away the last couple of years um hopefully this year i can get away and make some trips um, but it's just been, it's just been busy, busy. Yeah, I hear you. I, I have two uh, very young children, so it's. I've been the same way ever since I started the, this podcast. Actually, I'd, I've met some really cool people. I've been invited on some really cool hunts. It's just I, I can't drop everything with, with my normal day job with with this with the kids. It's it's hard to find time to do anything, and so I understand with you having, you know, th- this company to to deal with. You know, it's. It's a lot to do. Yeah, because there's a lot of, uh, you know, everybody, it's during hunting season when everybody's wanting it, you know, mostly. It's, but it is strange. We get, we get a lot of orders, you know, every day. You know, pretty much every day we have orders, even in March, April, now. Um, and it's just uh, strange to me how, you know, not strange, but it's great that people, you know, just get an order if, May have spent over a thousand dollars just on grass on their blind. Wow, that's they got several that's, blinds and they're trying to get them ready. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I would guess I wouldn't see why, and and this might put a couple uh, 
hands out of, out of work, but I wouldn't see why if if I was a guide who leased property and had standalone blinds and pits, I just don't see why you wouldn't just take a couple thousand dollars and buy enough at least for 80% of your sets or enough that you could do your, the ones you utilize the most, you know, your, your big hitters, your all your panel blinds. I just don't see why you wouldn't go ahead and do that. Oh, I don't either. I mean, cause it's, you got to look at your time. Um, I mean, if you're having to get up two hours earlier to go cut brush or your hands are, you know, that's, that sleep they're missing. It's, you know, it's going to be groggy. Um, you know, you got gas involved now. Um, you know, so many places you got to go away to go cut brush or ways to those blinds. Um, and then if you're going to do the afternoon or something after you hunt, you're bumping birds. Yeah. I never come. Back. Yeah. I, I just, in, in my opinion, and I'm sure there's different variables and, Maybe it will come to a point where this is what happens, but I would think from Oregon to New York to Texas, you know, 80% of, uh, 90% of guides would be utilizing something like this in some manner. The only thing I see is if it was to take off enough to really make a dent in the market, even though it's not resellable, I think that you would you'd have some competition from some bigger companies because uh, I actually just talked to a guy. A podcast came out this morning, uh, Bluebird Waterfowl. He's got a startup coming out right now, and he's already talking about having competition, a uh, possible future competition from uh, major corporate major corporation companies. And so I I could see it being an issue down the road as you look up and all of a sudden for some reason Cabela's is selling a synthetic grass and uh you know they're trying to undercut you or, or or get a piece of the pie yeah um that's why i hope our patent is uh tight enough you know to just hope that uh that sticks uh like we you know we have some other items and stuff that i've wanted to put out for years um i always loved wax canvas you know wax canvas products and so we did a gun case you know, with a uh, real nice wax canvas with a, you know, leather trim, leather toes, so your, your, your uh, barrel doesn't poke a hole at the bottom. Uh, another thing I found a couple years ago, a few years ago, was uh, we did a, a dry bag for shells, a shell dry bag. Um, because I kept, you know, used to keep, you know, because you take a box of shells in a little flimsy cardboard box and we hunt around water because we're hunting ducks and it's raining or wet. And within minutes, your shell box is just a mealy little mess. You put it in your bag or you try to put it in your, your blind bag. It spills all over the place. So I use, I use Ziploc bags. Well, after a time, those things are ripped and then you got rusty shells. So now we have these drop, these drop bags for shells. And, um, so, because I hate rusted shells, especially as hard as they are to find nowadays. But now we call ours a dry, uh, dry shell bag. Well, somebody knocked it. Another larger company knocked them off this year. They call theirs a dry shell pouch. <laughs> You're way to reach there, guy. Yeah, I, I actually have seen those. Um, 
I think Rigam Wright makes one. But yeah, I I've kind of seen something in that in that realm. Um well that's cool. I mean it, it if you, at least you got something else to work on. You know, as uh as good as things seem to be going for you now, hopefully you you know, you strike it on something else, you can keep the ball rolling down the road. Yeah, I hope so because uh they said that uh once everybody gets the grass, I mean, they ain't going to need any, you know, it's not going to wear out on them, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, funny story. One of our guys, one of the customers, they sent me a picture. They were hunting uh, hunting in the field, and uh, they were hunting panel blinds. And they had they were hunting a four-foot mask on their panel blinds. Well, they he had some kind of, his tires weren't real grippy, and he, he got stuck. His tires were just sitting in the field. So he took two of the mats off his panel blind. He couldn't get out. So he took the mat off of there, put one under each back tire, and then it got a grip. He backed on out of there, went to the car wash, or went to the wash, washed the mats off, and put them back on his blind. That's how well they hold up. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You you might have a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you can come up with some uh, some accessories or something for them too, or something. I mean, I I think the I think the idea of the you know I think these things are awesome. I I think it's a wonderful idea. I think every waterfowl. It's like I told you before. I legitimately with my buddies talked about this in the duck blind or on the boat or whatever. We talked about it. I talked about it for years not knowing that you had like that this company was a thing i talked about it for years and i was like man that would be such a great idea and then you know i found your company i'm like oh so somebody has been doing it i just i just didn't even know about it so i'm (laughs) i'm definitely gonna get some and uh deck out my kayak and all but yeah man i it was good talking to you and uh hearing all the stories and stuff and i think everybody's gonna everybody that hears this who waterfowl hunts I think you should take a look at getting some of this stuff because obviously it holds up and uh, everybody's looking for the best bang for their buck, especially right now. And instead of spending $60 on a, you know, a little box of raffia grass, that's going to rip this season. You could just go ahead and buy something that's worth the money and that you don't have to worry about for a couple of years. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's, it, you know, you're always going to have a complaint, no matter what. No matter, and it's been incredible. We have not had a complaint yet in four years. How, what what sort of weight is? I mean, do people is it is it like a real heavy synthetic material? Well, the like for instance, the mat, um, the a two two foot wide by four foot tall mat weighs about two pounds. Oh, so they, so they don't weigh nothing. No, we sell them in uh in bundles of four, so they so it equals like about eight linear feet, four feet tall, and that's going to weigh about eight pounds. Um, and then and then we have a bunch of pictures. We've still loading some up on our website that customers have sent us from all over the country, whether boats and panel blinds and a frames or whatever, and that's on blindgrass.com and. So people want to see pictures and different colors and how different stuff blends in. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's been strange to me four years and not a single person has called and said, Hey, I want to send this shit back. You know, it doesn't work. It's not wrong. It's not me. You know, nobody hadn't had a problem. Well, that's awesome to hear. Um, before we hop off of here, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and find your product? All right. It's, um, it's the website is blindgrass.com. Uh, phone number is 337-257-0318. Uh, Facebook is blindgrass and, uh, Instagram is blindgrass camo. Nice, man. Well, hey, it was great talking to you. It was great learning about Louisiana uh, speckle belly and duck hunting and uh, learning all about blind grass. And well, if you ever get I a think chance to come down and want to hunt, give me a holler. We all got room. Oh, like I said before, I, I would love to. If, if, I, if I get enough time to do it, I will absolutely get a hold of you. Um, but we'll see with having two little kids. <laughs> my wife might oh, hang know. me. <laughs> I know. Well, um, but yeah, if, hey, if you ever want to come up like this I way. Used to tell, you know, you got 60 days. That's it. Uh, I told a girlfriend of mine one time, but way back when, I said, you know, can you imagine if the mall just opened 60 days out of the year? <laughs> I rest my case. I'm going on. You have a different set of nails every day. <laughs> but yeah if you, you ever want to come up this way man you, you also have the invite you got the opening um for sure and maybe i'll get to talk to you later on um i'm gonna definitely i'm gonna get some and then uh if i take some cool pictures this year i'll send them back your way oh please do because we love love getting pictures of uh people's blinds i know it's I know with a kayak line, it's kind of hard to take a picture in the field because you don't want to get out of it. Uh, same with the boat line. Right, yeah. Well, all right, man. I'm going to hop off here, and uh, it was nice talking to you. All right, Mike. Appreciate it, man. Enjoy it. All right, man. See you. All right, thanks.